0: You're listening to True Heart. Amy and Scott Mallon dive deep with celebrities, mavericks, visionaries, and real-life heroes to find out what sets their souls on fire. Get ready for some trockings. Here's Amy and Scott. If you're a man or woman of many talents and you can't pick just one career path, well, there's good news. You might not have to because today's guest on True Heart with Amy and Scott Mallon, that's us, is Jess Zano. and she is the legit mother of reinvention. She's had so many amazing careers that um, you're just going to be blown away when you hear her story.
1: Yeah, I just had this weird thought. I remember when Blockbuster used to be around. Remember Blockbuster?
0: I do. I grew up in the 80s. I used to go
1: into a Blockbuster to rent a movie and I would sit there for hours trying to figure out which movie I wanted to commit to 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 rent for that night.
0: Yeah, it was a big decision. And I
1: just just think like, you know, you think about what your career is going to be. That was just renting a movie. And then you think about what's my career going to be or what's my major going to be or what am I going to do? And like the idea that you can just, you can try something and then reinvent yourself just changes the game. And so Jess has a beautiful outlook on this and the way she talks about it, I think will really help a lot of people.
0: That's right. And run on over. Don't walk, run to wherever podcasts are found and subscribe. Uh, Give us a great review, a five-star rating. We appreciate all of the love and support. And we'd also love to have you join our true heart community. Isn't that right, Scott?
1: That is right, Amy. Let me tell them about it. Please do. Basically, uh, you just go to trueheart.com. It solves all your problems. No, it does help you search the internet though. And uh, you get great results and it powers donations to six amazing nonprofits. It's free. It's easy. And um, we're trying to change the world. We're trying to donate a lot of money to charity. So join our community and uh, come search with us.
0: Yes. And you can consciously commit to taking your power back and having your searches make a social and environmental impact. Today's episode is a Jess of all trades and we have a very special guest, host and producer of the pod, the mothers of reinvention. Jess Zeno is an Emmy Award nominated television producer co-founder of The Jane Club and founder of Omnico, a family care solution for corporate America. She is the quintessential mother of reinvention with a professional resume that includes a Saturday Night Live production assistant, internet pop star, groupie, singer in a math and science rock band for NASA, and celebrity stylist. Her work has been covered in Harper's Bazaar, Glamour Magazine, The New York Times, Essence Magazine, The Hollywood Reporter, Goop, and more. Jess is a single mom to Roan. They live mostly in LA and sometimes in New York. So let's get into it with today's guest, Jess Zeno. The three of us had no connections to Hollywood. We all kind of cold called and banged down doors to create these careers for ourselves in the industry really out of nothing. So do you sometimes stop to marvel and look back and kind of say, wow, I did that. And that's pretty awesome
2: that is a really cool question and what's so funny is amy and scott right before this i was recording my podcast the mothers of reinvention with a woman named monique samuels who's on the real housewives of potomac and i was reading her bio and i asked her the same thing do you stop down and do you appreciate where you've come from so it is so wild that you are truly asking me the same question that i just asked so to answer you um I mean, here's the thing that continues to drive me is that like, I'm not, I'm never, oh, I hate to say it. Like I'm never satisfied. There's always going to be something up ahead that I want to achieve or do. Um, So I'm working on that because it would be beautiful to just appreciate what I've been able to accomplish and to be proud of myself. But I always feel like there's more up ahead. So I'm, I can't even believe I'm saying this. So like, I never feel like I'm like good enough. (laughs) Um, And that's also what drives me. Well, you're more than good enough. You're fabulous. And
0: (laughs) I just want to share with you something that Scott said to me recently. It was something that a friend of ours shared with him. And it was really transformational for me when, when he told me, because like you, I'm someone that's always been looking ahead and I've been very focused on like achieving my my goals and being forced to kind of provide for myself at at a young age and you said you were also working you know from age 12 so i can relate to that um i i was never able to just stop and and breathe because everything i had was dependent upon like how hard i was hustling yes and so scott said amy if you stop to just look back and see how far you've come it's incredible. And I think it applies to our lives on a personal and a professional standpoint because we're always chasing the horizon and we're always moving towards that next, you know, big goal or big dream. But when we really stop to take stock and say, Wow, like look how I evolved as a human being or look at these amazing, you know, tragedies, traumas, adversities that I've overcome, the challenges that I'd faced. It, it made me so emotional. And I actually thought of this when I was in my hot yoga class and I heard Scott's voice in my head and I just started weeping mm. and I realized I don't give myself enough credit.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and the only person that really should matter to me um, uh, uh, of the opinion is myself. Yes, that's and right. being, being proud of myself is a hard lesson for yes. me to learn But there's so much beauty and strength in that to just say, wow, I'm strong. And I did that. And I I recognize the same in you, Jess. And I know what it's like to just want to make things happen because you're so self-reliant. But looking back, I mean, man, the things that you've accomplished are incredible.
2: Thanks for saying that. I'm really working in now. Again, having going through a divorce and having my child and really feeling like I'm in a different phase of my life. I'm really working as a practice every day doing um, like mind, body, soul alignment and standing in this idea of just receiving um and I say this to you too, Amy, like uh, in sisterhood, like let's receive now, let's stand and receive because we've put, there's been so much output involved and there always is the hustle and the grinds. Like I'm ready to just like, I'm cool. Like I can magnetize something at a beautiful level and just receive the level of where I'm at. Um, So that's what I'm, I, I personally like am working on just in my like daily everyday life. For
1: me. It's important to me. Uh, for me, uh, like listening to you guys, just amazing hearing your both of your perspectives, because, I, you know, you guys have a lot in common. Like Amy's hustle is very strong <laughs> and uh, my hustle the is
2: Brooklyn not, background.
1: Yeah, my hustle is not nearly as strong um, <laughs> I mean, I was kind of in awe of that. And that's why I had said to her, hey, take a step back and look behind you. But I think that you also it's a balance, right? So you you look behind and you take stock and you go, wow. Um, I may not be everywhere I want to be yet, but you know, I, then I think you turn back around and you look ahead again and you say, well, what matters to me and where do I want to go? But I think it comes from a more foundational place at that point, because you've taken stock of all the things that you've done and you're like, you know what? I don't need to just like, I am good enough. And what do I really want to do? Yeah. And then, and then you just put your head down again and you kind of go for it. And at the same time. Enjoy the journey. And so it all kind of like it, it, it listens to you guys. It all kind of makes sense where it's like a balance, right? You're not just only looking forward. So you're not only just looking back. You're taking stock of what happened before and then planning ahead, but still finding a way, even though your hustle is strong to enjoy it somehow, some way.
2: What I've been finding with, like, I love that, Scott, thank you. Like, what I've been finding with the Mothers of Reinvention is, like, I have reinvented myself over and over and over and over again, and it has been decades, truly four decades of reinvention in various ways. I do actually, when I look back, and that's what really prompted the project, I do have the, like, tactical practical strategies and solutions on how someone can do it in any area of their life. So I love having the conversations in the community with the women that I'm having on the show. Um, But I'm also thinking ahead of like, okay, let me put this in a book and offer, you know, those strategies to other women and offer a blueprint, perhaps a masterclass. So that's where my head is going, like taking what I've learned already and almost teaching it like a course because it's truly like it's proven success it's not like oh i had some you know uh one-off success i've had four decades of success which so now that i'm thinking about it and thinking back and thank you for prompting me to be grateful for my life i'm I'm grateful for like everything that i've been able to to experience
1: so that leads me to an interesting question then so what was the call it the creativity or the the hustle or what led to you becoming the mother of reinvention, you know, what, what sparked that. And cause you you're
0: know. really a just of all trades. I mean, yeah. you have this fascinating resume, but how did you decide to take all of these different interesting twists and turns on your career path?
2: So it started that I was young and just wanted to be, I guess I wanted to be some type of performer. I didn't know what kind. I loved to sing. I was very loud. I not only did I like to sing, I was like president of every club and vice president of my school and was not only in the theater club, but also a cheerleader. And I just, I I went to the largest school in New York and I I was, in the yearbook, in the high school yearbook, I was, um, I was uh, voted most school spirited. (laughs) I literally did everything. I like sold hot dogs at the football games and ran like the bank there, but then also like painted the sets at the theater club. Um, So I really did everything. I just had a tremendous vitality for like expressing myself in this way. And I don't know what this is, but it was this, it was this life force. And so um, I thought that that was, like, acting, and so I pursued being, like, a child actor. I was on my, one of my first jobs was on MTV's Doria as several um, characters. I went to school on a full theater scholarship in New York City, and when I got there, I was Putting together agent showcases and shooting small films, and I was like, "Oh wait a minute! I'm not a I'm not actually the person in front of the camera, or I'm not the performer. I'm not I'm not an actor. I'm actually the producer. I'm the director. I'm like the one having the idea and then building out the ideas and bringing everybody into it. And so that was my first sort of like aha moment of, oh, I I want to be somebody who's making the whole thing from soup to nuts." and just running the show, essentially, and being all the parts of the show. And I had the energy to do it. So my first job that I got on a total hustle was as a Saturday Night Live production assistant. And once I was working there, I was like, oh, I got a taste. Of, I got a taste of that. And that was like the mm-hmm. end for me. I ended up coming out. on. I, I did a Fulbright scholarship. out acad- I did very well academically. And I went out to um, California to like Cal State Northridge or something on this like thing um and when i got to california i i met some celebrities and might have moved in with one of these said celebrities and then i was like wow this is like what inside hollywood is like i want to be on the inside um and was just always like i don't know hustling something or other and came back to new i was very young still i was only 19 and i ended up finishing up that um that um scholarship Uh, exchange and came back to New York and ended up going to a party one night at this place called pseudo.com, which uh, it's in no less than, you know, a dozen books on the start of the internet. It was in 1997. We were the first company to ever do video online. We were the impetus of what YouTube became. Uh, Everyone from Howard Stern to the president to Steven Spielberg came through to like say hello and see what we were doing uh, because we were, we were pretty much like legends of, of just like the the pop culture internet stuff. And I had a show called Star Freaky. At first, I was the receptionist and I was an awful receptionist. And the owner was like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want my own show. And I had a show called Star Freaky that ended up being pretty popular. And it was there that I learned how to write a show, produce a show, be the show, um, create the content. And um, that was really... My coming out as far as entertainment was concerned. And when that place closed, because in 2000, all, all the bubbles burst. I mean, I had a six figure salary and like I had stocks in company when I was like a teenager. Um, I have a tattoo of the company on my leg and it will always and forever be like one of my greatest loves. Um. And so after that, in Wayne Kaplitsky, I was hired by a television network in New York to be the first ever liaison between a chat room, a live chat room and televin, live television. And we did a, a, a music show called Studio Y and I was chat chick Jess. And so again, I was sort of just always being me, but under the context of like writing my own content, producing my own content, After that, I started creating television shows and got, you know, some interest here and there and um, from from various networks and was flying back and forth to LA and just like living this life that like I had dreamed about. I was just doing it and I was too young to realize that, like, you know, I'd have five hundred dollars in the bank and I'd spend four ninety nine on it on just like flights and motel sixes and just trying to like hustle up this dream. But in the interim, like actually living the dream and so um but the experiences were priceless the, a price like priceless That's i'm I'm, right. I'm a multi-billionaire as far as like the richness yeah. of what my life has been you know like i really feel that um i had i at this particular music show i got super into like touring with bands and even though i had like a camera and i would get the backstage pass basically i was a glorified groupie that spent a long time on the road with like Boys and bands, specifically drummers. Um, And so while I was out on the road, I ended up meeting Kelly Osborne. and I would like make my own clothes. And one day she said, where do you get those clothes? I said, I made them. She said, can you make them for me? So I made her some like, you know, cut up T-shirts with safety pins. And I came back to L.A. after that um, and I put together a show called She's Crafty, which was like a punk Martha Stewart. And E! Entertainment was just then starting their new channel, Style Network. And I was brought in um, based on this tape, She's Crafty. And they said, well, are you a stylist? And I didn't even know what, a st- I truly did not know what a stylist was. And I said, oh yeah, 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 Kelly Osborne is my client. And they ended up hiring me that in the room to be their like one of the four big stylists on a show called How Do I Look? Which was their premiere show that made the channel. And I went on to have like a seven year career as like a working on air stylist, like dressing celebrities, being the celebrity, um, and had been on everything from the home shopping network to, you know, reality TV and in fashion competitions. Like it, it happened. It, it all happened, I think, because I had this force that was just going and I, and I just wanted to be getting it out. And these were the ways that it was finding itself, um, and after one particular project was this VH1 reality show, it was a shitty experience. Um, mentally, it was just toxic. And I got it was in L.A. and I got out of that house and I was like, I got to go home to New York and I don't think I want to do that anymore. I don't want to be on TV anymore. And I felt very bad about performing, essentially. And uh, and then uh, I was hanging in New York and I was like working as a shop girl at a at a suit place down in Soho with old, like 80 year old Russian Jews making suits for custom suits. And, um, and a friend of mine who is a pretty well-known video director, he just kept on calling and saying like, can you hook me up with this? Can you hook, hook me up with that? And I was like, you gotta stop just asking me for favors. If you wanna hire me as a producer, hire me. And so he hired me and I started to produce these music videos for like 50 Cent and Rick Ross and, um, and Wu-Tang and I was, Saw that I was capable of figuring out how to like handle a 350 person in a basement in Bushwick like experience, like doing all locations, doing all payments, doing all line items, doing all the things to make the videos happen. Um, and then it's that shifted and, uh, my sister who at the time was living in Nicaragua because her husband was working there, um, the only thing that she watched on television was the Food Network and she like loved food so she started this food blog that sort of like hit big and she and I with another friend of ours created a show that we sold to the Food Network and so then I that was my first like IMDb big television credit and from that Uh, The Chew, which was on ABC, it was a talk show in the daytime that was on for many years, they were looking for someone to be like a specifically a fashion and style producer for Clinton Kelly who was one of their hosts and because I had this strange hybrid of a resume that was like I knew style, I knew how to style and I also knew television producing, I was hired on and then became a broadcast television producer and got Emmy nominated for that and then it's just been like a series of reinventions since. So I got married in 2013 um, in New York and we moved out to LA and I had my child in 2015. And when I had my baby, I was like, why isn't, I was working for Bizarre Foods which was a show on um, the Travel Channel. I was a producer for that. And I was like, why isn't there something for a mother like me who's like, needs to work, loves to work, wants to work. But like, where am I putting my kid? Like, I don't want to stop down. What? What? Uh, there's no place for me here. Um, and also I like Frateis Sheets. So like, is there a community that can combine all of those things? And I created something called the Jane Club, which um, if if you're familiar with social good, there was a woman named uh, Jane Adams in Chicago uh, in the late 1890s who um She didn't have children herself, but saw the immigrants, mostly from Europe, coming in and living on the streets with their children. She raised a bunch of money and ended up opening a place um, in a settlement housing community. And they called it the Jane Club. And she would take women and their families off the street and give them houses. It was a co-op. she would give them housing and kitchens. And she was the first woman to start a daycare and an outside playground and was the first American woman to win a Nobel Peace Prize for her work. And that inspired. the Today's Jane Club and and with another woman, June Diane Raphael, she's an actress and an activist. She and I came together and co-founded what is the Modern Day Jane Club, offering uh, women the support that they need to both work, but have their children taken care of, but really are also being taken care of themselves. And so I I was with that company for, um, or built that company for about two years and then saw, all right, well, there's like a larger thing at play here where like, If somebody can't get into the club, can I can I personally build out a club that lives in corporate America so that if someone's going to the office from nine to five and is having those same issues of like, oh, they got to leave because their kid is sick or the babysitter or Mm -hmm. all the things that that really um, are the challenges that working parents face. I thought, well, there's a solution here. Like we can build out dedicated spaces at the office for parents to be able to bring their children, have that be covered as a wellness benefit. And so you're the, the parents aren't worrying about the money that they're spending on child care. It's actually covered by their work. You bring the child with you, and then in this space, you have classes, meditation, like things that are all wellness-based to um like a, just be taking care of each other, and maybe they age out at when they go to school. So they age out at three or four. But before that, we are the village, like we're taking care of each other. So that company was called Omnico. And just as I not was, but is just as I was launching that COVID started, so nobody was going to an office. Mm -hmm. The conversation sort of took a pause there. And essentially, I just like had to take a job because I, again, I had to, I take care of my son, so he, myself and him. And um, and I took a job, you know, a lovely job with um, InStyle magazine as as a producer for their YouTube channel. And I was just like working. But while I was working, I was like, ooh, I got the itch. I got the itch to create again. I have, I'm so itchy. Uh, and then it sort of like dawned on me as I'm having my own recreation and my own reinvention of phase two. I'm going to put that down on paper. I'm going to have these conversations with other women who are going through it. I'm going to put it on paper and put it into, you know, like I said, like book form and teach women. This is how these are the brass tacks of how you do this over and over again. And so I I I love your question. But that was a very, very long answer. True
0: Heart is brought to you by Tushy.
1: Are you still wiping your butt with all that toilet paper you hoarded last year? How's that going for you? Let me introduce you to a new way to clean after you handle your business. Meet Hello Tushy. Tushy is the modern bidet that easily clips to any toilet and installs in just 10 minutes. Starting at just $99, Tushy sprays a precise stream of clean water and washes away all of that literal crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Upgrade your bathroom experience by going to HelloTushy, T-U-S-H-Y dot That's helloTushy.com. Tushy saves the environment and reduces your carbon butt print. Tushy saves you money on toilet paper and Tushy saves your butt. Go to HelloTushy, that's T-U-S-H-Y dot com. Stop wiping, start washing with Tushy. True Heart is brought to you by This Saves Lives.
0: This Saves Lives is a ridiculously delicious food brand that gives back. Every single purchase sends life-saving food to a child in need. Co-founders Kristen Bell, Ryan Devlin, Todd Grinnell, and Ravi Patel launched This Saves Lives with a simple motto. Buy a bar, feed a child, we eat together. Now with more than just bars, their products contain premium ingredients and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and kosher dairy. Their unique line of kids' products all contain one full serving of fruits and vegetables and are safe for school. To buy their ridiculously delicious snacks, head on over to thissaveslives.com.
1: True Heart is brought to you by Half United. For over a decade, lifestyle brand Half United has been using fashion to feed people all over the world. To break the cycle of generational poverty... The community provides gainful employment to local artisans and vulnerable communities who create their handmade and sustainable products. For every Half United product purchase, seven meals are given to a child in need. Half United has donated over one million meals to date. Shop their beautiful jewelry, teas, handbags, and home accessories at halfunited.com and help fight global hunger. True Heart is brought to you by Brothers Meatballs.
0: Say ciao to tradition and hello to your new favorite plant-based Italian bistro in Los Angeles, Brothers Meatballs. Brothers Meatballs was founded by brothers and food industry veterans Mauro and Sergio Corbia, who hail from the Isle of Sardinia, Italy. When they joined forces with second-generation Italian chef Mark Middleman, their self-proclaimed brother from another mother, the concept for Brothers Meatballs was born. Mauro was the founder and creator of Morrow's Cafe Inside Fred Siegel, a long-standing LA hotspot. Dissatisfied with the amount of plant-based dining options, reminiscent of the home-cooked meals their mother once made, the brothers were determined to create a menu so delicious it would appeal to herbivores and omnivores alike. Inspired by the food mama so lovingly prepared for Sunday suppers, these meatballs are a modern take on a family classic. All menu items are 100% plant-based and made with mama's secret ingredient love Angelinos can order lunch and dinner wednesday through sunday at brothersmeatballs.com.
1: hey guys hope you're enjoying this conversation we're having with jess uh, if you have a second head on over to wherever podcasts are found and subscribe and leave us a great review and a five-star rating if you can let's get back into it with jess
0: it's like beautifully bizarre Uh, listening to you say these things because um, it's almost like watching myself in another body. There's so many similarities. And I think the thing that's so cool that we've both done is, you know, we don't have formal training as creative producers. You just try some shit and learn what works and learn what doesn't. You fall on your butt and pick yourself up. And it's really just trial by fire. But there's never been um, this conversation of, no, I can't do that. It's always like, yeah, no, we're gonna find a way. Yeah, we wanna do it. And it's so ballsy and fearless to just have this dream and say, I'm gonna go for it. And I don't know any other way to be. And I I love that about you because I think it's one of the my favorite things about me. Yeah. So it's great to
2: see that in somebody else. So, so same to you, like, simpatico, I see you, yes. like, I don't think I was born with the question of, oh, how am I going to do it? I didn't even think th- I, I was, it wasn't that I wasn't scared, like, I'm always scared, like I said earlier, like, I never, I ha- half the time, I don't think I'm good enough to do anything, but like, All it is, is literally like just one foot in front of the other. I'm going to say yes to everything. I'm just going to figure it out as I do it. (laughs) Like, we'll just figure it out. And then all of a sudden you find yourself thriving in some situation and you do it over and over and over again where you're like, wait a minute, this isn't by chance anymore. These are a series of like intentional decisions I have made to bring me to this place. So, um, so I love what you're saying. I think the takeaway from this is like, even if you're scared, do it anyway.
1: 100%. I think people are always asking like what always interests me is like what makes someone successful what was their journey to that and, you know how did they get there and I you know it, it just this is another reminder of it takes hustle it takes uh that it first takes that desire like you just have this desire like you keep saying like I just had to get it I had this energy I had to get it out and you didn't have at that point obviously when you were younger like the professional outlet and you were just doing everything and then when you have that kind of energy and you just put it out there and you hustle people gravitate to that you know they want to be a part of that because they love and people love energy so um i don't think it's a an accident that both of you guys you know became so successful at what you did because you just you weren't going to take no for an answer and you just you had to there's, you didn't, there was no other option. You had to do it. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool to hear
2: that. Thank you. It's cool. I'm sure Amy, like it's cool to hear that. Yeah. 100%. And what's, what's crazy for me
0: though, too, is, you know, just checking out like LinkedIn, right? We know like over 75 people in common. When yes. you know, we were talking about Kelly Osborne before there's a Kelly connection too. So Kelly and I had a mutual friend, Jonathan, who was very close with Kelly for many years. So, the three of us went to all of these events together. It was either events I was producing or events Jonathan was producing. And Kelly for like two, three years called me her favorite uh, dance partner. So we would just the three of us be on the dance floor like rocking out and I'm a non-drinker my whole life. So it always drive Kelly and Jonathan, you know, back home or to the hotel to make sure everyone was okay. And, you know, so it's funny, like just all these different like, crazy connections and I would have thought, all right, you know, 10 years ago when we first connected, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but you were working with a poker clothing line. Casino. Right. And so all these years later though, I'm surprised we're not like besties, but there's still time for us in this beautiful blossoming friendship, but it just shows you that you could kind of have someone with the same sort of creative energy that's out there and moving in the same circles and not even realize like you're hustling, you see the world in the same way. And, you know, for me, I told Scott, like on my 2021 bingo card, A priority in my life is like cultivating these rich friendships Mm. with other just boss women, Mm. you know, who are who are out there hustling, like just being amazing women in the community, mentoring and lifting up like these girls who are going to going to become our future leaders. I, I didn't really have that growing up in a professional like context. So i want to be that for others and i just see like who you are and i'm like okay wow this is awesome somebody else who just made magic happen out of nothing and i have so much respect
2: and admiration
0: for for what you've done jess
2: thank you thank you same to you truly it's pretty cool it's cool thank you thank you so i want to
0: know because we're we're all parents in this chat Um, You know, when you became a mama, how did your view of the world change?
2: (sighs) So I think that the thing that really um, was the most significant for me was like, I didn't, I I was always so career focused. I was like singular track focused. And when my son came along, that was cracked open like that was not the way you could be anymore and so having that shift of oh i have to be patient i have to be compassionate i have to be understanding of this like way that i had no muscle for any of those things and so my child really um became my teacher in that way and uh, and continues to be this little guy um in teaching me these new things about myself that we all have, but they might be dormant or they might not be as strong. And as parents, we have to like dig deep in there and br- I like bring all of those uncomfortable things up to integrate into our, into our daily lives. Did I answer that?
1: Yeah. Yes, It actually leads into perfectly into our last question for you, which is what, you know, thinking about children, you know, whether it's for your children or not, but um, what would you like your legacy to be? When you think about like how you'd like to be remembered or, you know, what what people say about you when you're gone, like what, what are those things, have you thought about it? And if so, you know, what would you like it to be?
2: Well, what's so amazing, Scott, is that I feel like Amy said it. Like, I love that someone can see me and see that like I've been able to, like creativity, again, it goes back to like creativity is like light for us. It's like God moving through me. Like I don't want to get I'm, – I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious person, but I am a spiritual person. And like this concept of like the spirit coming through us, like I have – like that that's in me, and I allow that in me. And I think um, being able to utilize that for good and creating something that really impacted I don't want to say one person. Um, I don't want that. Like I want ma- I want to affect mass inspiration. Um, and so knowing that I'm able to bring that energy through me and continue to create, I want people to just like be in, be inspired to be their creative self, their best self, see what their magic is, um, by how I live.
0: That's beautiful. And you're you're truly a testament to that and a creative force. And I know through the Mothers of Reinvention, which is available on all platforms. And it's a great show. I hope everyone's going to tune in and listen to Jess's fascinating conversations with remarkable women. But I know you're you're creating this platform to not just share your story, but to share the stories of these badass women who are changing the world and that is such a gift because representation matters we both grew up you know in the 80s when there wasn't a lot of stories being told of women who were breaking through the glass ceiling so to have that now um, for our kids and for young women to say i see that and i can be that that is everything so i'm grateful that our daughter will get to grow up listening to the stories that you're going to share on your podcast and I know you're gonna continue to be a force to be reckoned with. And I can't wait for you to come back to LA so we can hug it out in person and have lunch or do a spa day, not the end of the world spa day, but you know, <laughs> the first of many spa days. Maybe maybe Lady Gaga's a part of it, who knows? And Scott, you can come too. Scott loves a good spa day. I'm never gonna leave him out. Um, but yeah, it was just so
2: awesome to, to have you with us today, Jess, you're amazing. It has been my pleasure and uh, and I'm grateful for you. So thank you.
1: Hey guys, quick reminder, head on over to wherever podcasts are found and subscribe to the show. You can find us on YouTube as well. Uh, and we would be so, so, so grateful if you left us a good review and a five-star rating. It really helps us out a lot.
0: Yes, and we'd love to have you join our True Heart community and help us change the world with every search. Join us. Yes, please join us at trueheart.com. And thank you so much to today's amazing guest, Jess Zeno. What a fun conversation. She's got so much personality, so much wisdom to share about how to unlock your creativity. So hopefully you can apply some of Jess's insights into your own life. And when life takes an interesting turn, as Jess showed us, you can pivot and go in another direction and then just see what unfolds and experience the magic. So when you're open to the opportunities, um, incredible things happen.
1: Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll be back next week with another amazing episode.
0: See you then.